Welcome to the Heart of Soul podcast, an exploration of who you are, what you are, and why you are, offering new ways to investigate age-old questions at the heart of you. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for listening to the Heart of Soul podcast. Your life is not essentially yours, but you get to live it. That's the sainthood realization we discussed today. We talk about the qualitative difference between sagehood and sainthood awakenings, why doing the hoods in the prescribed order is important, but not always how it goes, the nausea of esoteric spirituality, how your soul gifts are inevitably bound up in your emotional wounds, and as always, much, much more. Thanks so much for listening. And if you're on YouTube, thanks for watching. Greetings and welcome forward, everybody. This is episode 79, which is a cool number. I think it's prime. So that's always fun. Hi, Stace. <laughs> Greetings. Greetings. And uh, we have scheduled today realization on the arbitrary list. I actually just added something to it at the end. Uh, so it's now 19. It was 18. That's the super bonus realization for our diehard listeners. You get the bonus one. Actually, everybody will. But um <laughs> The number 16 is, uh, but you can feel special anyway, um, that you're responsible for the contents of your unconscious and being held accountable for those contents by life itself. And I have a special request to talk about today, the um, fear of non-being and uh, the realization that I added actually uh, to the end here, which I think we'll combine into today. Uh, we've talked about before, which is that your life isn't yours, but you get to live it. And uh, so that's my special self-interested request today because uh, surprise, we are not doing this podcast altruistically. <laughs> what a surprise that yeah. is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. So, so where should we start? Were we combining? We're going to retain the contents think, of the unconscious? I think so, because they're related. I mean, I don't know. That was just an idea. Let's see how far we get. Okay. If they don't all the way go together, maybe we'll just tease it. We'll foreshadow it at least. Maybe we complete talking about it or not. I don't know. Well, I, I, as, as long as we're not doing this altruistically, <laughs> uh, I, pre I prefer the, uh, the importance of the, of the new one uh, for today. So oh, you want to talk about the, your life isn't yours? Yeah. Great. Terrific. Let's table that. So last time when we told you we'd be talking about the contents of your unconscious, we lied. And we're going with the arising nowness of uh, that your life isn't yours, which is really in my face right now. So I'm all for talking about that. And you're like you say, there is a bridge to the contents of the unconscious responsibility. So maybe we'll tail that. We'll hook that in at the uh -huh. end. If not, we'll talk about it as a separate issue next time. Great. Okay. Right. So that your life is not yours, and but you get to live it. Uh, that is the, res the realization of the, that is the result of healing the fear of non-being, which is the sainthood fear, the terror. Uh, I, I, I don't use the word terror a lot, even though that's the technical term. I don't know why I don't, but um, that's the technical term is terror. But on the way to the terror, usually you feel fear. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's uh, let's set the stage first. Um, uh, remember that we've all been malconditioned to assume that the realm of earth and self are a different domain than the realm of spirit. That uh, these are not seamless, even though they are seamless. We've been taught that they're not. That they're two fundamentally different uh, 
places. And the, of course, the affirmation and proof of that is that we're told that uh, uh, either in the East to transcend our way out of this domain to some not based, uh, quote unquote, spiritualized place, or in religion to um, get the hell out of Dodge as fast as you can to get this one life that you have uh, so that you can get to heaven, a different domain than the earth. And this, of course, is, uh, I guess, obsequious might fit marginally as that. That whole picture of things just does not compute um, because if because all domains must be within God or God won't be God. Now, we've made that point before, but it bears repeating because of how many domains that affects of yeah. how we relate to ourselves and to spirit. There is no heaven and earth. There's only spirit. And what we call earth and existence is part of spirit because we're inside of God. Nothing can be outside of God. So by being inside of God, it changes the whole alchemy and, uh, and, this, and the metric for how to assess the, the human condition. Because if we say that the earth is not some profane uh, uh, um, place that you want to get out of, but instead an identities offering, that we, our tasks is to find how to uh, become depthfully healed enough to experience earth as heaven earth as spirit yeah and there's th that that shows up the the it's originally um for most of us judeo-christianity rooted but it shows up in really all three hoods right and yes. mm -hmm. we talked a lot about the sainthood and sagehood and sagehood transcending you know the the duality and the um, absurdity of human existence and in sainthood getting to heaven or paradise or whatever. But I, I think what's less commonly appreciated is how much that shows in secular, humanistic, atheism, agnostic, kind of like it shows up in like, well, I just want to make enough money so I can retire and do whatever I want. Like yeah. it's in there too. It's like not wanting Absolutely. to really deal. It, it's, it's part of the a secularly humanistic aspect uh, or aspection of the human condition that like something essentially sucks about it here. So we're yes. just making the best of it. <laughs> I.e., like in psychology, that's why psychology is dominated by compensation, by helping you to cope better and compensate yes. more functionally so yes. that, you know, it's not transcending or um, uh, trying to be elevated to heaven. It's you're compensating your way to dealing with the thing we a priori assume is already shitty called life. Yes, and, and exactly right. And, and even an additional dimension to that, um, an atheistic point of view, um, uh, of course, will undermine uh, what we're trying to say by um, psychologically uh, um, supporting behavioralism. Because if, if, yeah. if there is no God and there's only conditioning, then all we need to do is re decondition by changing the way our mind sees things and reframing things. Uh, there's no depthful um, dimension to the human condition uh, without uh, a divinity context. I, I just got how the behavioralism in psychology, which has trickled down into um, not just self-empowerment paradigms, but like general what being a good human is that's yes. creating meaninglessness. I didn't see yes. that before. 
It does. Wow. Uh, in the end, uh, uh, it's a it's a, a tautology um, because you you can't actually get into any dimensionally depthful meaningfulness to human life except as uh, a mass of protons, electrons, neutrinos, uh, yeah. and behavioral conditioning. Uh, and this shows up really well. I, I saw on the um, the news the other day. Uh, a, a scientist has proven that we don't have free will, for example, like we've been talking oh, about. Oh, another one. Yeah. Uh, science, uh, the science has just proven it. Um, and, that, and, and that is based in, the, in a paradigm that sees uh, human, the human condition as nothing more than cellular. Uh, because if they, and according to that paradigm, it's reasonable to affirm that. Uh, mm -hmm. If it were the case, we were just uh, that consciousness was created by some sort of mysterious uh, um, cellularly, neuronically mediated net of some kind network, uh, then mm -hmm. that would be true. Then everything, even our, our choice to believe in real uh, free will or not free will, would still be conditioned into us, a yes or no to whoever which one. Everything mm -hmm. would be conditionable that way. And in that sense, there would be no free will. But that's what people don't get because we've not been trained to think paradigmatically. Uh, that as soon as you, as soon as someone says, well, here's someone who's proven there's no free will, what's their paradigm? Oh, atheistic scientism, mm -hmm. uh, which is all based on human consciousness within a reductionistic philosophical um, uh, context, that, that a greater thing of human consciousness is simply no different than swamp gas or what comes out the south end of an elephant after <laughs> eating. Uh, uh, because anything that is strictly humanistic, materialistic, Consciousness is just an effluvia of some sort uh, that that and emanates out of us uh, in some way, um, and so there's a there's a way to come all the way back around to the meaninglessness associated. Yeah, and with you know, that. God, it's just it's what the what science does there when they when then they run into when they dead end what they can't find that's tangible or measure. It's right. just like. Um, uh, in Zen Buddhism, uh, saying there's no self just because they can't, because you can't experience it. It's the same right. kind of thing. Science, like, well, we found, uh, you know, we've broken things up, up into the smallest possible things and measured them with our instruments, and we can't find consciousness, and we don't right. understand why people do things that aren't good for them, and we can't put that in a box or excise it from you with a scalpel. Therefore, I guess we uh, are, you know, are all just victims of our own yes. biology, and there's no free will. Exactly right. Uh, everything's wow. uh, uh, action reaction. Pavlov's dogs win. Uh, in the, related uh, <laughs> to that, yeah, exactly. Which is where behaviorism started. Um, right. I just was out of curiosity this morning looking up what happened to John DeRoyter, the Canadian oh. uh, Zen teacher. See if there was any more stuff in the news, and there wasn't. But I read an entire article. He, he's a uh, from Alberta, and he had uh, half a dozen or so counts of sexual assault charged against him. Interestingly, his wife also was charged with a few counts of sexual assault. Mm -hmm. And one of the quotes in there from one of the um, plaintiffs was uh, basically verbatim saying that, that John DeRoyter said that spirit guided him to have sex with the, yes. um, uh, mm -hmm. with, with the student um, because, well, how else could that happen? Because in that paradigm, there's no self. 
So if he, right. if he feels like having sex with a student, it must be spirit guiding him to do that. Yes. How, what else could it be? Oh, the tragedy there, you know, is one moment, depending on my mood, I'll cry one moment, weep one moment and laugh another moment at, at this kind of uh, stuff. Uh, so the reason this, this structural overview is important, uh, that you can't disclude earthen domains from heavenly domains, no matter how many thousands of years, actually basically about 8,000 years worth starting back in the, in the Far East and, and India, uh, mm -hmm. that, uh, that we've been conditioned otherwise. The reason that's important is because without that picture that earth is a form of heaven, and the, our only task is to learn how to experience it as that. Uh, and, and so that, that then sets the stage for us to talk about um, how it's divine being's life, but it's eternal's gift to us is that we get to live it. So in that mm -hmm. sense, that, that, that what I just said there would not be possible if earth was a separate domain from God, you right. see? Uh, so mm -hmm. it's really important. Um, so when we say that, it's not, it, it is our life. But we, we get to live our life, but it actually belongs to divine being because it as uh, love, and that's all we can say that it is from our point of view, uh, from that point of view, we're downline sub-expressions of it, all things, all species, from mineral to animal to plant to everything to consciousness we're downline expressions of uh, divinity. Uh, but the easiest one, of course, is an, uh, as a hand. And the, uh, the, the hand, uh, the, the palm of the hand is the soul, uh, the, the collective uh, human, human soul, uh, the collective, the human collective, mm. and then individual souls come out of that. And then if you put little rubber caps on the end <laughs> or uh, 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 elastic ones uh, on the end of our fingertips, those are our body state expressions of our soul. And of course, this has a number of different dominoes that go with it. And that is that the, the, the body is all soul, but the soul is not all body. That the mm -hmm. body and the soul are not different domains, just like the earth and the heavens are not different domains. Mm -hmm. So all these dominoes all uh, won't line up until we stop uh, buying into the fairy tale that earth is different than, than uh, spirit. So again, the, our task is not to get, know to get out of the, how to get out of the toilet. Uh, as as diksha based uh, transcenders taught started teaching in the 80s and 90s or by the time it got to the to the west anyway uh, yeah well Hare krishna's predated oh, they sure. had that assumption even before that yeah yeah absolutely um from the east all the way to the west where um uh, you've got to atone for an original sin or in the east um literally recognize that your the personalness of you does not exist and that, that means there's no soul either, which is why folks like John DeRoyter, it's interesting when they say there's no self, but there is spirit. Um, and that's more of an Advaita Vedanta kind of being, uh, being spirit that doesn't have consciousness of its own. Yeah. Uh, in our picture of things, divine being, the only reason we can't measure consciousness is because it's a sub-expression of divinity that has consciousness also. Uh, animals have consciousness, as we've said before. They're self-aware, but they're just not 
aware that they're self-aware. And that's where um, angels uh, uh, um, started the whole thing. Angelic consciousnesses uh, started the, um, the, the move from the ape line to uh, the human line, that's the missing link. The missing link is not a set of bones that we should be looking for. It's that. <laughs> yeah. It's that. It's but we that can measure angel. that. We can hold that. Oh, in our yes, hands. that we yeah. can measure, right? Yeah. Uh, cranial size or the oh, leg yes. bones. Uh, you right. Know, that's what that. they reduce it to the size of the mind. If you study anthropology, right, right you look at the brain size over <laughs> it, millennia. It, exactly. When the missing link is that an angelic consciousness. Uh, was the one that began the um, the ability to um, be born through an ape line genetic heritage, uh, and because they were compatible uh, compatible possibilities with evolution. Yeah, in fact, I remember learning <laughs> anthropology because I stru- I studied a lot of it. And I remember I don't, can't remember if it was it wasn't Austro- Australopithecus. There was there was a there was a species in there before Homo sapien that had a bigger cranium size. Than Homo sapiens somewhere in there that didn't make yeah, it. Yeah, um, wasn't that that begins with the D E V Dev Dev Devol Maybe yeah, I I can't remember, like but I remember yeah. because they show very linearly, and they know now yes. since I studied it, it's not linear at all. It was more of a spider web, right. but the idea, the implication was like. And we had the biggest brains, and that's why we. And then it was always like, wait a minute, but there's this one that had a bigger cranium, and there was never any question about that. Like, well, why yeah. didn't? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, as you say, it's a spider web, and um, the minutia of that whole evolutionary transition as angel souls began incarnating through the ape line genetical heritage was messy. Uh, it's a, it was a collective kind of all over the, the globe uh, kind of marriage inter or not marriage but interbreeding yeah. uh, here and there and so yeah so in that sense when we say your your life is uh, uh, it's divine beings life but it's it's eternal gift is that we get to live it there's some repercussions to that where the rubber meets the road and how when you get down to the close to where that junction is that little bridge that between divinity's wholeness and our individual soulness there's a there's a no man's land there literally mm-hmm. that some of us are uh, learning to at this stage at late stage in the game finally learning how to um, walk that span where all dualisms in one way become mergeable into mm-hmm. one allness kind of thing. In other words, if you think think of divine beings largesse, and if we're just here, here's the, my body is divine being. Uh, here's here's uh, the collective humanity, and here's For people all of who are just souls. hearing the audio. You got to say what you're pointing to. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh yeah, right. Sorry, I'm holding my hand up, <laughs> and uh, my body, the, my forearm, says the extension. This little bridge we're talking about from the body of divinity to the collective, now I'm pointing to my palm, the collective uh, soul of humanity, to the individuated souls uh, that are its most distal ends, now I'm pointing at the ends of my fingers. So that's one continuum. There's no seams between my arm, my palm, and my fingers. There's no seams. There are differentiations. So in that sense, what we're talking about right now is, is the base of the finger as it goes into the collective soul of humanity, which is a bigger 
um, expression than us, but a smaller expression of divinity. So once we get down to the root of our soul, literally the consciousness of living the root of our soul, it merges in some way, both <clears throat> in a sage way and a saint way, that makes it very confusing um, how to go through normal nominative human uh, expressions, because once you're in that zone, which identity will deliver to you if you will let it, um, mm -hmm. it will deliver you to it. What happens is all those, um, those uh, uh, um, uh, expressions of what it means to be enlightened in both God realization uh, domains, which are more saintly in our picture, and non-dual domains start to merge. And one of the one of the things that happens is the universe literally gets created moment to moment for you. You don't have memory that's projectable onto a present moment. Oh. Now this is this is crazy making. Psychedelics will will uh, can give you a temporary um, mm -hmm. hike there, but mm -hmm. you can't build a house there. You're the house of your being there. It'll only give you a taste. But this is um, can be nauseating and disorienting to the maximum. Uh, even Joseph here, if I may, might use yeah, you as an ahead. example. Yeah, go ahead. I was just about to start talking about it, so go, go ahead. Yeah, I'll just reference it to set the stage is that uh, Joseph has to go through a lot of um, dualistic rigmarole setting up these podcasts, audio, <laughs> video, recording, all these things. And what he knew about it last week um, where his memory would normally serve him what to do with this button and that button and make sure that's hit and that's off and this is on, doesn't serve him well in the present moment. Uh, and he'll tell you in a moment what that feels like. But that means he's got to relearn the universe's uh, um, uh, dynamics uh, a lot of ways, 70, 60, 70 percent over again every moment. Yeah, about that. Yeah, about 60, 70 percent. Yeah, it felt like before we started, you know, I have this little sort of checklist that I follow, I'll do all these little things. And it felt like it felt like a past life memory. <laughs> like I knew in my head I'd done this before. And then when I tried to sort of access my mind to be like, okay, where's the information of what to do? It like gave me 30% of it. And it was like, you're on your own for the rest. Where yeah. there was kind of an expectation. It was like, wait, wait. No, I already know this. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like, well, I'll give you the outline, but you're going to have to color it in yourself because now is a new moment. Well, that's a good metaphor. Yeah. And yeah. and yeah, and there's still some disorientation in me about that. You know, what I found really interesting these days because I'm 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 dealing with a fair amount of um uh non-being type stuff. This that's why I requested we talk about this today. What I find interesting about it is uh how how both similar it is to the sagehood path, but also completely dissimilar. So it's like instead of uh, like the reset moments where the mind just blanks out and there's nothing there, I don't experience it as losing and blanking out. I experience it as there's a presence of something else coming that is displacing me. So yes. it's 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 not notness that's displacing me. It's a right. bigger presence of divinity that's displacing me, and it's yes. a wholly different kind of nausea with a W H and an H. It's <laughs> yes. it's a wholly different kind of uncomfortable. It feels like I'm being 
pushed forward into my life. Yes. And not like I can settle into the infinite stillness of nothing, which I'm far more comfortable with now. This is like, you don't get to do it, but this force is going to push you from behind so that actually you will have to do it, but with the wind of divinity at your back. So you'll have to do whatever this moment is in a completely different way. Yes. And it is nauseating right now. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. For, uh, for another way to say it, for uh, a little more scorched earth forms of Zen or uh, uh-huh. non-duality, for me, uh, the sage really um, echoed forward for me the, the pre-duel as losing time. Uh huh. Yeah, and, and I, I'm not there at all. Uh, uh-huh. And all of a sudden, I blink my eyes, and 34 minutes have gone by. That's 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 as you approach the event horizon of uh-huh. pre-duality and in, in, in sage, but in in saint, which is the final, which is why we say personhood, sagehood, sainthood are the ideal um, uh, sequences. But if we throw out the ideal in the human condition because people who have had past life sagely, uh, non-dual, and God realization saintly. Um, paradigms uh, have, have already been enlightened in those and carried them forward into the, the present incarnation. So that's just how we look at it. Uh, but in the end, the sagehood and sainthood and the personhood, all three start merging, uh, where personhood, the you that you are familiar with, is blown out of the water by the fact you've only got 30% memory basis to face the present moment. Uh, there, there's a, an absence of you, but a presence of something else, as you just said. Uh, the absence allows, the, the sagehood um, attainment allows the background sainthood to move into your present consciousness modality. Uh, you have to e- go all the way to erasure in some ways to allow the biggest amount of sainthood presence forward after that. Got to empty the cup. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. Got to empty the cup so it's filled, fillable by a different um, dynamical bandwidth. So in all these ways, where it's really lofty to say, well, it's divine being's life and it's eternal gift to us that we get to live it. But what does that actually mean? That's what we're talking about right now. How you actually can experience the bizarre non-being of uh, the final steps of uh, all three attainments, all three ensoulments coming into one, identity, uh, the state of identity, where there's literally you experience the seamlessness between our humanity and our soul and our humanity and spirit altogether that's never been uh, uh, um, uh, uh, not seamless. Yeah, and one more thing about the sainthood and sagehood difference is that the the vertical sort of losing time and disappearing to mm-hmm. thatness or whatever we want to call it the, the pre-duel mm-hmm. it's um it seems relatively simpler you just yes. sort of disappear oh, yeah. and then right it something comes back and that seems like a vertical kind of movement mm-hmm. what i'm experiencing right now it's it seems seems like this eternal infinite stretching of the now all the way back and all the way forward. So it's not a past and a future. It just feels like this nauseating stretching of now to infinity. And somehow, and that's not me spanning that. Divinity is that. 
but I'm being stretched along with it somehow. Yes. Rather yes. than disappearing and it comes through, I'm being I'm going along for that ride. And that's a very different kind of discomfort. Absolutely. And and to hold our metaphor here, when you're as Joseph just described so beautifully, that's the zone where the finger meets the palm, uh -huh. where it's part finger and part palm. So you're stretched into infinity. The divine oh, infinity. That's see? a great, yeah. You're still finger, but yeah. you're also infinite palm yeah, exactly at the same time, right. which shouldn't really be possible, <laughs> but actually is. <laughs> it, it, yeah. By any other paradigm on the planet, especially the Eastern um, and Western God realization and, uh, and non-dual, uh, is impossible. Uh, there's all, all those other paradigms are based on either or-isms. Uh, it's experiencing been, the, the, our finiteness as human selves and infiniteness of soul and as aspects of divinity at the same time. At the, and that's the, that's the thing, at the same time. And the, yeah, and the, the disorientation is the mind, the, what I, when I said I'm gonna revise, when the, I said that shouldn't be possible, that's the mind talking. That's it's, the mind not, talking. it's not understandable to the mind, but it's completely experienceable. Um, and then the, the mind is just, uh, you know, gets disoriented and nauseated, just like it does in sagehood, which is also not understandable. Yeah, I'm, I'm reminded, of, um, I never, I always forget Richard Starkey's spiritual name. Uh, um, Richard Starkey, I forget that yeah, one. Yeah. Um, he, he just passed the last couple of years. This great, uh, he did the LSD Starkey's with- Starkey's uh, Ringo Starr. Uh, no, Richard Starkey. Richard Albert. Richard Alberts. Alberts. That's Alberts. Ram Dass, Richard Alberts. That's right. Ram Dass. I'm sorry. I Richard Starkey. Oh, goofed my. with Ringo with Star. Ringo. Whoa, <laughs> look at that big, um, baby boomer uh, consciousness. That's hilarious. Uh, um, yeah. Anyway, um, Ram Dass, he used to refer to his uh, teacher as living outside of time. Uh -huh. And uh, there's a classic example of a, of a much more pre-dual state that is not bound by dualistic uh, time frameworks. Uh, but we're saying that's still an either or situation. He's not living in time and outside of time at the same time. Yeah. So that's an attainment for sure it is, but we're talking about something much more sophisticated that's possible with a different paradigmatic framework and dharma to process your way to where you can be out of outside time and inside time at the same at the same um, moment. Yeah, because if I hadn't done the personhood work to minimally access and embody my soul, mm -hmm. and this was happening to me, then I would it would be a sort of transcendent thing. Yes, I would exactly. experience being not of this world. Only, not also Only. in it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, what we're talking about is, was nicely codified years ago uh, when I used to teach uh, the, fi the final, mm, it's still as asymptotic, but the final merging of personhood, sagehood, and sainthood aspects of consciousness, you're in the world, not in the world, and not of the world, all in one gestalt. Mm -hmm. And this is something that no paradigm, East or West, has ever been able to um, even envision, much less process your way to it. Because it, it, And for those listening to have a kind of a fresh, oh, that's what they mean, maybe possible moment. 
personhood is uh, is exactly what Joseph just said. It's it, it is about creating a mode a mode of maturity from the more mundane side, yeah. but from the more spiritual side, it's about giving you the local personality an experience of your own soul. Mm-hmm. without which you can't move in some minimum way to sagehood and sainthood uh, uh, domains, or if you've already have them in your soul field because you've enlightened in both before, they are not accessible until you literally, the local personality has an experience of their larger soulfulness. Um, and once and that it happens, surrenders to it, basically. it surrenders to it. Exactly right. You can't, you can't will your way to it. You yeah. melt your way, you subtract your way to it. And you uh, don't get to become, well, it's with an asterisk, you don't, to be, you don't get to become who you want, you get to become right. who you are. And yes. who you want is usually a mix of yes. things that is actually true about you <laughs> and things that are not. Right. I've always wanted to be in a rock band. I don't think it'll ever happen. I don't think that's really me. <laughs> Maybe one day. Well, I certainly wanted to be a singer-songwriter, and I had the chops for it uh, uh, just just well enough uh, uh, along the lines of uh, Carol, um, uh, the singer-songwriter from the 60s, 70s, Carol, Carol King, Carolyn King. Oh, Carol King, yeah, wrote a lot of James Taylor songs. Yeah, she's terrific. Yeah, yeah, a combination of Carol King, uh, James Taylor, and… Cat uh, Stevens. Uh, Cat Stevens, those yeah. three, that was my ilk. Uh, mm-hmm. And I certainly wanted that for my life. And it just, uh, uh, I had to turn that down as much as I did a scientific medical background. I had to do two no's to what would have been likely a much more sumptuously financial yeah, life. And just and, to, uh, validate, yeah. to validate that for people, uh, you you do have the chops. I mean, you wrote like it, like 20 plus songs and recorded them. Like, you know, you definitely could have done that. It was pretty uh, impressive. Four, 48 songs. Actually, 48, total. wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that could, and I, ha- I could, I just enough okay, somewhere between um, a Cat Stevens kind of uh, vocal range and Bob Dylan's. <laughs> I was a little rough around the edges with it, but it still worked. So in that sense, uh, that was what I wanted. But divine being, my own soul had diff- not God. God did not have another plan for me. My soul had committed to another plan for my local personality that me, the local personality, had to surrender to. Mm-hmm. I, and I thank God I had my fourth and sixth chakra minimally developed enough to say no to both a medical career and a singer-songwriter career. So so where what's the difference? So how do I even ask this question? Does does divinity provide any kind of boundaries in our lives? In in um, you know, the soul has plans, things we're supposed to work on, and then we gradually figure them out for ourselves. Is divinity putting any of those boundaries on us in our lives, or is that only only from the very highest level of healing the three soul fears? Well, that's a great question. Uh, it's a practical question, which is why I love these podcasts, right? <laughs> that's You're the ultimate here. practicality guy of translating all these esotericisms into uh, 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 a movable feast, let's say. <laughs> uh, so it's a great question. And here's the best way to framework it. Uh, and then we'll follow with this with the feeling how that actually works through. Um, divinity is a yes to everything. Right. Mm-hmm. So where does the no come from? 
Uh, and, and it comes from a, a couple of different layers. The yesness is indivisible from the root core of divine being. It says, yes, have all those things that you want, healthy or unhealthy, enlightened or unenlightened, it doesn't matter. But how, do, how does it get sculpted along the way? Does uh -huh. divinity, does it, does it pinch itself here into a little narrower no there? How does that work? Uh, and what we have to incorporate here is this amazing blessedness that there are translators on the other side that do exactly that. Our guides, from behind them, get the largesse of spirit flowing through. So if I've got six or seven guides, which I've had most of my life until recently, um, they're, they're doing the pinching. They're, they're helping my soul, which is different than my local personality. It has purposes and commitments and plans that, my, that I have to learn to have my local personality be able to sense. They help me sense that. So they're the downline, what do they call that when the step-down transformers? Oh, yeah. The ultimate yes is they pinch some of that in our direction. And so when I was, when I, I it was fairly easy for me to say no to a medical career. I mean, I lost my family, all my friends. I had to move to the coast of the United States to find some sort of sanity. I'm not saying it was easy, it was the hardest decision of my life. It was a marginally more difficult to turn down singing songwriting songwriting because I had a lot of the messages uh, uh, as it translates to human uh, from spirit in my music. But I guarantee at those moments uh, when uh, uh, I, I was struggling with whether, whether or not to accept the contract, uh, they made it easy because they said, well, you've got to, um, we've got to, uh, you're not going to be a singer songwriter a la Cat Stevensy type, uh, which I wanted. They wanted to popify me uh, oh, and no. had a whole lot of. It was Britney Spears time, and uh, <laughs> you know that, that was where all the money was going. That made it easier. But the point I'm making here is, my one of my guys, or maybe five of them, all shouting into my deaf ears while I was seeing fame and fortune and inspiration to people with music. Uh, they're saying no. <laughs> no, no, until my third eye could begin to sense it for myself. In the end, it's not that they tell us what to do. They, they, they trans, like transformers, step-down transformers, bring the message of the yes to our deepest A destiny and, 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 and get us to feel that the difference between an A destiny, a B destiny, and a C. For me, an A destiny was bringing this paradigm. A B one was to bring my music, and the C one was to be a psychiatrist, right? Mm -hmm. And I had those all three of those in me, but I had to work my way to the uh, to the A destiny, which all of us have to do. And that's how uh, a divine being finds a way through its largesse of all these other souls that are are stepping down its presence to us here. Uh, and what we call what what religionism, of course, Western religionism calls guardian angels. Uh, well, it's a hell of a lot more complex than that. There are literally countless number of tiers of these step down transformers all the way, excuse me, to this uh, uh, <laughs> gravitational hardness that way. Yeah. And if you so learn to open your third eye, you can see there's three to five plus guides around every single person on this planet. And it's not very right. difficult to see. 
no, it isn't. And, and they rotate, you know, a lot of times they'll share um, with, it'll be called with other people who are going through similar things, maybe in uh, Afghanistan at the same time you're working in Akron, Ohio, not to work at the rubber tire plant, you know, um, and, and find your destiny instead. So the soul comes with a predetermined a destiny, but attaining that, attaining that, you know, Joseph, you've seen me in front of lots of people. Uh, how many, the, the two the two questions everybody asks, do I have a soulmate here and what is my passion path? Those two questions are the most often asked. And when they say they want me to do a reading for uh, their passion path, the most I can ever do is semi and suggest that they learn to feel for themselves the, the not, the no. I can't give them the yes of their, even if I get a third eye, I can't give it to them because then it would, it would not be them arriving at it through a baking process. And I would deliver it to them like a bakery does instead of you having to cook your own from, from scratch yeah, in your that oven. doesn't work. Right? Yeah. No. So in that sense, uh, our A destiny is our passion path. And not everyone has set up a lifetime to do that A destiny. They may mm -hmm. have it in the background, but you've got to work your way through lifetimes, through A, through C's to B, sometimes E to D to C to B to A, until you're capable, if you have enough, um, uh, uh, what can I say, uh, experience in this gravitationally dense place to uh, to bring forth, elicit your a destiny, just like jobs are for most people in their twenties. You know, you probably oh, right. don't have the dream job in your twenties. You've got to bounce around and do different yeah. things and learn the hard way what you're not good at and what you don't want to be doing, and then exactly sort of find your way that's to what, it. That's that's what the twenties are for. It's, they're not about creating career baristas. You know, uh, um, now that doesn't mean a fifty year old can't be a, a really good barista. But he's, it's probably a side hustle uh, for him or her. And a 20-year-old yeah. might find their passion path. It, it happens. I mean, absolutely uh, it, right. It can, but usually there's a period of experimentation. And then that's, that's you're supposed to be running, barking up the wrong trees for a while. And the same with uh, intimate relationships. You've yeah, got to yeah. have three, two to five serious, committed uh, kinds of ones, not just uh, polyamorous, uh, um, uh, privatize the... Uh, benefit and collectivize the risk kind of yeah. uh, dynamics before you find you can draw a soulmate. I, I had I have three major heartbreaking uh, uh, forays into uh, intimacy before I could draw Brie. Uh, and so um, those three those three set me up uh, be able to even minimally draw uh, my beloved to me. So in all these ways, when we say then, um, and I think we'll have room for uh, uh, responsibility for our unconscious here now. Um, I still have, wait, there's a question coming to me. Go ahead. Which is weird because it doesn't seem like it's me coming up with the question. It feels like it's the question's behind me and it's coming into me. Okay. Hi, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, it's weird. It makes, it's, it's, it just makes me kind of slow sometimes. Um, okay. What is the question? Well, I, I, I think where it's coming from is like I have, based on the sagehood experience and not experience that I, I have, I have a kind of understanding and a sense of what that's like, you know, mm -hmm. the reset moments and the not being in the mind and experiencing the self as a verb rather than a, um, an, a noun. Uh, I, I think the question is, 
personally, it's like, okay, so where is this going to take me? But broadly, the question is sort of like, what, what, yeah, what, what does it look like? What is, what is, I mean, if we call it God realization or the, the healing of, what do we call that in identity? The healing of the fear of the terror of not being. It's not. It's not mental body ensoulment. Oh, what, what is it again? What kind of ensoulment is it? It's will body ensoulment. Will body. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So, yeah. what does it look like? The willful body ensoulment. It specifically has to do with surrendering one's will to life outcomes. Like, what does that practically mm -hmm. look like day to day when there's a actual total or whatever significant integration between person and insanehood if you were to see that person hour to hour right. what would you notice right. well um what you start out with is an intention uh what does it mean to surrender my will to divine being especially when hey wait on page 422 of your tome state one of your tomes uh it says here that it's ultimately a sharing of personal will and divine will, not the old Christian way of, uh, of surrendering your will totally to God. It starts out in early stages. What you'd see is someone, um, since we've been supported to be will first in our survival modes, we, there is a short period of, of turning it all over to trust uh, as an intention, starts as an intention. And then as that intention, if you if you learn how to, um, and now I'm, I'm uh, got my hands in front of my fourth chakra and I'm pointing them inward, as Cat Stevens said, life is just a maze of doors that all open from the side you're on. Um, then uh, as you gradually open that surrender, um, you're going to, it's going to feel like you have less and less willful control over the outcomes of moments in your life that you, you slowly give room for your soul first to start making decisions based on what's coming at it that are different reactivities than you started out with on your journey. In other words- Yeah, sometimes it feels like a dance to me that there's like two things yeah. sort of swirling around each other and then that produces the result of the moment or the next intention or whatever. For example, if you were born, uh, if you were born in uh, the city of Big Shoulder, Chicago, like I was, um, and uh, uh, early on in my um, my intentional um, uh, sainthood work, uh, some some big guy walk up to me on the street and says, "I don't like the look of you," and and slaps my face just just because he wants to impress his girlfriend who's hanging all over his black leather jacket. You know, but that actually happened. Uh, at one point, uh, where where I had an intention, I had an intention. Okay, I've got to surrender. What's my normal reaction here? Well, I'm going to be a lot faster than this guy, and he's going to have his testicles pushed up into his perineum faster than he could blink. Um, but in that moment, I got still, and I stopped, and I looked, just looked in shock. I didn't say anything back. I didn't fight back. And the guy and his girlfriend just looked at me and, huh, you're no funny, just shoved me aside. There was no altercation that because I was still just going on an intention, a different intention to surrender, but I didn't choose to go still and quiet. It just, that was just a base of an intention, but then it had a magic outcome, just that new intention. And, and, the, and they, they got bored with me instantly and walked by me. And there was, whereas before I would have created a real scene in my old will 
That's so funny. Just uh, yesterday, yeah, yesterday, it was some guy shouting out on my road, um, on the dirt road I live on, like yelling, hello, anybody home? And I don't know if he's tr- who he's trying to get the attention to, but he's going on walking up and down to, between my two different gates. And so finally I go out there just to see if I can see whoever it is will we'll shut up. And and uh, and I talked to him uh, on the other side of some bushes and he's asking, he's like, do you know like uh, 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 whose coconuts those are in that tree? And can I harvest them? This is like how people who are mm-hmm. hard up make money, drive around in their trucks and find coconuts that they can harvest and sure. and sell. And uh, and I'm like, uh, those are my neighbors. And uh, yeah, I don't I don't think so. And he's like, and, and uh, like, well, I'm just trying to be polite, you know. And I said, well, you're not being polite. You're shouting on a private road and making quite mm-hmm. a lot of noise. And he mm-hmm. just kind of froze and was like, oh, sorry, it won't happen again. And I said, good. And he just disappeared. And I remember, and I had this strange experience of like, that's weird. Like, where where was the conflict I used to create? Yes. They're like, uh-huh. it was, I just felt right. like I was stating the facts mm-hmm. and it just went into him and he completely shifted his state of consciousness and went away. And there was no... Yeah fight there was no like hey man don't give me a hard time i'm like normally because yeah, yeah. i've right. that kind of stuff happens all the time it's just like <laughs> he was powerless to resist what i said and it just went in and then he went away it was a really strange experience it's analogous to my uh-huh. little short yeah, story there too it's completely it. analogous so in your beautiful question the first thing you encounter is an intention driven surrender you haven't embodied it yet but you're intending it and uh-huh. as soon as you start intending it, then your soul, a piece of your soul wakes up. And when a piece of your soul wakes up, your guide wakes up uh, to that particular segment that it's assigned to. And, and, and then, you ha- then you have this experience where, wait a minute, what, what happened to the old usual outcome? Yeah. And then, they, oh, now you relax the next level. You just embodied your intention, even if it was unmindful. Um, it's just you got far enough with the intention. And as soon as you did that, well, now you get invited into the next level of embodiment of the intention. Okay. So, wow. Okay. This is really helpful for me. Okay. So the the willfulness is like the way the way you relate to the intention. Yes. Yes. The initial intention is not will, or it's a different kind of will, or what? Well you're willing yourself to lose your will. So it's really a weird thing, right? Ah, uh, you I have see. to use, it's, 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 it's actually ridiculous to use, like philosophy is thinking about thinking, you know, wait, yeah. there's, a, there's a shelf life to that, sorry. Uh, willing yourself to not will yourself. Uh, actually, though, because willfulness is our second most primal, uh, most essential aspect of being behind love, you actually do get some rubber meets the road with willing yourself to not will. It's a subtraction. You have to intend the subtraction of your will, which is technically will, but you're doing it for a very soulful reason, not a personality reason, see? Mm -hmm. But at that point, you're already into beginning stages of sainthood, right? So So, the sense I get is like there's – a decay like in like an echo pedal you can set the decay on it uh, how many yes, times uh-huh. it echoes before it stops and sure. I, the sense i get is it's sort of like there's there's still an a personal or or soulful there's an intention and it has some will but then uh-huh. it decays quickly and then makes room for divine will 
Exactly right. And every every state, beautifully said, and every segment, like a flower's blossom going from bud to a full flowering, uh, gives more room for divinity to flow in via your yeah, own yeah, soul's yeah. intention. See? Yeah, so instead of like in sagehood where it's just like everything everything dualistic blanks out, right. this is like you start it and then it, the your will is the outline of for the outcome and then divine will comes through and then you find out what's going to happen. Exactly. That's why you can't predict the outcome, whereas a, 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 a toxic relative to sainthood anyway, if I could yeah. say it that way, a toxic, still too toxic personal willfulness will always envision outcomes as the result of your actions based in that will. See, but here the outcomes start to fade. You, you cannot predict the outcomes. Well, right? I can see why this is perfect timing for my um, uh, uh, shadow's addiction to truth. Because yeah. It, yeah. It, I've been relating to truth with the outline and the middle. Yes. So mm -hmm. then it's like, okay, well, what if I just have the outline and then I let life fill in the middle and maybe my truth is true and maybe in this moment it's not. That's a whole yeah. different way of relating to it. Oh, perfect. That was exactly a good example of that, Joseph. So, and I know the, when it's happening, when I'm, it was so weird because I just went out there and my intention was to get this guy to shut up. But, but I walked away after the interaction being totally surprised. Yeah. And I didn't really mm -hmm. even know why. why like, why right. am I surprised? It's because it happened in a way com that different, was completely, completely different than my picture, picture of it. It was so weird. But I was there the whole time. It wasn't unselfconscious no. sagehood stuff happening. No. no, I was there, but someone, something was operating me in a way that was very different than just me would have done. So it, weird. It's disorienting, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. And, but in point of, if we if we really put a fine point on it, um, when you're in this initial stage, moving on to deeper coarctations of spirit and forming, basically. It's your local will versus your soul's will. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, and yeah, that, that's yeah, important. That's an important point because the soul's will has a lot more largesse in it to let go of outcomes of its will. It, uh, whereas this, uh, we're trained in our survival modes uh, to always look and be on the alert for positive outcomes, uh, uh, unless you're Hitler or the Orange Man. You know. Uh, <laughs> So in that sense, but what happens now, once you start doing that, you, it becomes uh, you're nearing a waterfall, you're on a river, mm -hmm. uh, you're no longer camped on the, on the side, uh, 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 choosing when to go swimming, right. you've, you've <laughs> forsaken right. your, your abode, now you're a permanent resident of a flow system. But the further you go with it, the more you uh, come to a series of stepped uh, waterfalls. Uh, it's a good metaphor here. Mm -hmm. The first one is, uh, the, so, so you go to a certain point of opening up to the will of your soul, which is in tune with the will of divine being that you set in motion with your intention. Now you, you've done it well enough to now, whoa, there's a, there's a four foot uh, unexpected uh, drop uh, in the river to the next level down, uh, more deep, deeper. And, and these are the moments where you have unexpected outside things start happening to you. In other words, outside developments start to become really different. Well, you're drawing different experiences to keep testing the limits of your literal surrender. So this surrender is, think of a series of waterfalls from four feet to eight feet, 
uh, maybe 10 feet and all these ways, by the time you get uh, down close to where you're at at the moment here, uh, what's happening is there's far, almost no local personality-based will, and it's almost all soul will. Well, what we add to my story, it was really funny after this interaction, which was like, I can't believe how much he listened to me, which is like, because not being listened to is one of my biggest triggers. And it was because it's like, the if I come from soul, what I'm noticing is people listen, but when, it just goes right in. I was shocked. Like there was no fight at all. But when I come from green, it, it engenders resistance. But what was really yes. funny, like he listened to me like instantly. And then I yeah. walked away and for hours, there was this part of me that was still pissed about the whole thing. <laughs> I'm like, it did, why are it you so pissed? Because right. you didn't get to wrestle with the guy. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it reminds me of Dune, uh, which I was a big fan of the books. I read them all mm. when I was younger. But um, when... Uh, the voice, uh, right? The voice. Yeah. You yes. see, oh, nice intuition there, mm-hmm. where they learn to say it in a certain bandwidth that makes people obey. You know, yeah. it's exactly in that domain where when you speak from soul, people recognize it without knowing they recognize it. Yeah, and, and so it's, he it's went, really went. weird because, like, I know what it feels like when I'm trying to convince someone of something, yeah. and then like you either do or you don't, and it has a certain quality of experience. And this is it's it really makes me nauseated just talking about it. It's a completely different experience. It's like something says something through me, right. they hear it and go with it, and I don't even feel like I got to be listened to. It's it, it 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 doesn't have to do with me, but it's a better outcome than I could have come up with. It's really yes. weird. Yeah, um, a, a good. I had a personal example that not as dramatic as yours, but I was at Trader Joe's a couple of weeks ago, and that day I was in a real really hot mess um, and a lot of pain. And uh, the woman, much younger than me, of course, at the checkout stand uh, at Trader Joe's. Uh, I check out people are great, you know, they're just oh, yeah, great. They're um, she says, so how's your, she gave me a banal, uh, uh, you know, so how's your day going so far? And uh, in the moment, I 99% of the time I say, oh, it's going, you know, and uh, I usually get a laugh out of that. But that day I couldn't otherwise but say, and I looked her right in the eye and said, you know what? Not good at all. Mm. And in that moment, she her whole face changed out of her reactive normalcy uh, of how is your day going so yeah. far, and she went, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, I hope your day gets better then. Mm. And and my my soul kissed her soul in yeah. that moment. Our souls kissed. Yeah. Uh, could have been a man, didn't matter. With our souls kissed in 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 commiserative uh, union with each other because as soon as her her eyebrows went like this and her eyes got soft and her her head tilted uh we were in a shared experience yeah and that's where our souls technically abutted or kissed or touched and uh, i walked out of there um, really amazed at how i tried that a couple other times and i got oh dude you know come on just smile yeah, my, right. my teacher told me how to get smile yeah. So it, it wasn't speaking all the way from my soul. I was still in my intention place, see? But eventually I got to the place where even a couple of weeks ago, uh, I had the first experience where someone just heard my soul crying and cried with me for a moment. So 
that's that's the embodied and and, and uh, we can finish this wonderful this waterfall metaphor where at some point you um the the the, the track of non-being gets to where you get deeper and deeper not only do you go further and further these waterfalls get taller and taller and they can really dump you someplace when it's needed mm-hmm. but at the at the one of the last dumps you get submerged because the water that the fall is so far and you literally get smashed down into the water and you don't immediately come back up for air so for a moment there you're 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 in the non-being of spirit and from that moment on the next time you you surface you're still in a deep river but you've got your head above the water and you can breathe and that's the union of your human the first stage of your the union of your soulful you and your personality you is when you've got just your head head above water in our terms well we've got our our, our gold head above our green water mm-hmm. uh, at the moment right only it's a spirit one this time is in the, the uh, first stage there's still some excess willfulness that's kind of left over from personhood I guess yes of course sure yeah, that still has to yeah. be negotiated with the soul absolutely and that's why the three hoods really interpenetrate because you can max out at some point uh in personhood and say okay i'm ready for i i feel drawn to god not not the non-dual okay we'll we'll roll with that with you if that's where you want to roll um but what will happen is all sorts of things in your sainthood track will start uh, opening up some undone stuff in your personhood work which we will incorporate where you yeah. can do some personhood work at the same time you're on a sainthood path. Um, that's inevitable. That's inevitable that that happens. Yeah. But to finish the metaphor, um, eventually um, uh, the end game is not you floating in water or swimming in the water uh, or or um, uh, in neutral, what do they call that? Uh, pe- uh, treading, water. Uh, treading water. Eventually you get into a river that's waist deep and then you start walking on the riverbed which is your feet in the earth but waist high in spirit river and you never leave that river the river is your soul divine a pest destiny path and you're walking waist deep in river having both your feet mm-hmm. uh, and lower first chakras wet with uh spirit but your fourth fifth six or uh, your your um uh, fifth sixth and seventh uh, uh antennas available for spirit at the same time your feet are in spirit different domains of spirit so that's the union of soul and divine will exactly that's the that's a good metaphor for the end game that you're looking for when people ask me well what's my uh, what's my divine purpose i say i can't give that to you that's for you to say what like we said in um in uh the the dude ranch uh, movie back from the 80s what's the most one what's the one thing in life uh billy crystal City yeah. slickers jack palance well, that's yeah. that's what's you for you to figure out that one most important thing um best i can do they'll usually people say well am i am i on track for it? and yeah. that i that i can give them i can see all i have to do is get permission to look at their um their their soul field and i can see whether they're far right far young or far too too much young or too much yin and not in the middle of the of the of their river track of, of their destiny and most of the time they're close if they're asking that question mm-hmm. of a spiritual teacher you know they're close so virtually that's the best i can do well you're 
you're a little too yinic, you're not quite bold enough, or you're a little still too controlling and you got to surrender, go, go from the right of the, you're um, near the shoreline there, safety shoreline and get in the, in the middle of the, of, the, of the river. I can usually give them that. But in the end, uh, you walk in a river uh, and that's the union of the personal and the spiritual uh, in terms of sainthood, God realization. Because the but source to get of there, that, you have to have some experience being floated by it. Absolutely. Sure. And that, that's where it gets tricky. What, why that was an either or, like in old Western religionism, yeah. it's all God's will you have to surrender to. And since that's impossible, then the, the fallback is, well, we're all sinners, you know, we're right. all yeah. sinners. So they've got you coming and going in Western religionism. They, You've got to you've got to depend on um, on their whole dogmatic uh, uh, picture. Yeah, it's like that same the uh, fractal 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 example <laughs> of that is uh, the the whole uh, you got to be like Jesus, mm -hmm. and he was the son of God or slash God. So wait, you're supposed to be like God? No, that would be hubris. So wait, yes. how, well, exactly right. what ways am I supposed to be like Jesus, and what what ways should I not be like Jesus? Should I be able to resurrect the dead? Is that right. what I should be becoming? Because that's what Jesus right. did, right? According mm -hmm. to you. Yeah. It's not really yeah, resolving. Uh, you, um, there's the, the double binds in Western mm -hmm. religionism are far too many to uh, iterate here. But in the, in the beautiful way, that's the best answer to give of the sequencing of the beginning of the intention and then the embodiment of uh, your a destiny, which is no different than the, healing the terror of non-being in one way. It wait, wait, say that one more time. I'm yeah. Uh, uh, finding your a destiny is ah. part and parcel uh, of, um, no, I forgot the last piece. Well, because uh, the soul already knows what your a destiny is. Yeah, exactly right. Oh, and so if you're on the middle, if you, you're already embodying your a destiny, you're already in the arms of the divine. Right. And so in that sense, um, you healed the terror of non-being, which is why I named it non-being, is because you're half in and half out, because humanity and the local personality is part of spirit, back to our original premise. Here. Oh, that explains yeah. more some of that disorientation, because not being is really yes. easy. You're either in you or you're in that, and it's one or the right. other. And right. there's integration that happens later. Later. But the non-being thing is very much you and it at the same time, and you got to work it out. Yeah. That's why the sequence is exactly right, Joseph. That's why the sequence of you've got to get your personhood and soul solid in you. Nobody else's priority to, to your life but yours in the end. And that's taking responsibility for the contents of your unconscious in that way, uh, which we can get back to either next time or a little uh, more to go. Uh, so in that sense... Um, what? I'm sorry. What? Uh, did you hear that? Nope. Oh, it's my some of my music uh, from my uh, on my computer just started singing to me. Wow, that was weird. Okay. So yeah, non-being, it's a bitch, um, and you've got to have <laughs> you got to have fully you in personhood, then fully not you in sagehood before you can ever learn to merge the two uh, in sainthood. Well, it's not not fully though, like not, no, no, you don't have to fully, just to whatever degree is maximum for you at any uh -huh. one moment. Because 
a lot of times, you, let's say you've got a minimum attainment of sage as you have, of pre-duality, uh, enough to compare the two. Mm-hmm. You see, and that's what's proof in the pie that you've had enough. But now in the, but in the sage, a saint track, it will also, in the background, deepen your pre-dual Access. Yeah, it's doing that. Yeah, I have sometimes there is notness here, and then that's yes. even more confusing because it's like, wait, what? You just change. I was just starting to get into this program, and you just changed the channel. <laughs> In the last couple of months, exactly right. Um, I haven't dis- I haven't lost time since a few months before my uh, pre-dual event way, way mm-hmm. back. I've occasionally here and there once or twice a year, but in the last two months, I've had several seven or eight. Um, lost time moments as I've been uh, moving forward in my end. I've gone. I've done it backwards, folks. I started with with sainthood, added uh, sagehood, and now finally, in my old age, am, I'm I'm finally imbe- em, em, um, embodying some significant amount of personhood. So I did this whole identity thing backwards. So you all could do it forwards in the and way you should. And there's a cautionary should. tale so that nobody else ever tries to do that also because that's really difficult to do. I guess that goes without saying, but I don't know how I, I when I only in moments where I self-reflect and go, how did I come off the mountain? Yeah. Uh, uh, get back to the, uh, go coalesce enough as a human to bring the paradigm then lose my human in the non-dual and then have to fight again to get claw my way back to the personal uh, first chakra, first, second, and third chakra uh, domains. So uh, the only reason the the whole prescription of identities to do it, personhood, sage, and saint, is you should start with the local and move to the uh, infinite. But starting from the infinite, moving to the personal is... uh, well, I can't put any words to the insanity. Uh, I used to say all the time, and Joseph and I have had conversations where um, recently of, of my managed insanity. Uh, uh, I just made it look semi-easy, uh, brutally sometimes, but um, it's uh, I can't even put words to It's almost bardic, uh, and it's not solvable. Yeah. That yeah, insanity but- wasn't un- wasn't solvable. Yeah, and the the flushes of sainthood as I explore that realm, and also it applies to sagehood as well, but even more so for sainthood, I can feel sometimes like it's a good thing I've got a decent amount of centered soulfulness. Otherwise, I would go crazy. Yeah, because it yeah. really is maddening, and and you yeah. did that without that. Yeah, and yeah, that that's a real mystery in many ways. Um, how how you were able to pull that off. All I, all I can add to that is it's a capital M mystery uh, mm-hmm. to me also. Uh, and I had a whole lot of divine help. I must have. Uh, new paradigm imprinters are um, always uh, out of time. You know, as you said beautifully in a previous podcast, uh, something about, uh, by definition, a new paradigm bringer is not known to the world. You know, <laughs> yes, uh, right. something you, you had a way better way of saying it. Um, so to be, to be ahead of your time, I think it's a Dan oh, yes. Millman quote to be ahead of your uh, time by definition, by definition means to not be appreciated. Yeah. Because if you're, you know, if lots of people appreciate you, then you're not, not ahead of your time. You're maybe you could be cutting edge for the masses, you know, like yes. uh, Dr. Sure. Phil, 
was slightly yeah. ahead of his time. But <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Was just, appreciated just by an, yeah. <laughs> hundreds yeah. of millions. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Tens Jimi Hendrix. Anyway. People think of like Jimi Hendrix where he was ahead of his time. Yeah. Well, yes, and he was ahead of his time, but as soon as he was appreciated by millions, he was yeah. right in the center of his time, you know. He yeah. he was leading that time, but yeah. Nikolai that, Tesla why, was ahead of his time. Oh my God. Wireless transmission of power. Uh, Socrates that, was ahead of his time. Yeah. You know, right. People or Van Gogh was ahead of his time. People were not appreciated for their gifts. Yeah. Uh, and that's why um it touches me so much. I can I want to just add here that one of the really important ways that helped me do that backwards, identity backwards, is uh, over the years I've gotten thank yous and appreciations for bringing the paradigm, even recently, uh, the more and more I've opened up in personhood, that always touches me because that was so absent the first 50 years of my life, 45 years of life, there was none. And by the time I was 45, the paradigm was basically unfolded. And I was still getting no uh, really appreciation. Technical. People would start showing up to some of my talks, went from one or two to 15 or 16 uh, in my 40s. Um, but uh, when you have a, your whole life uh, a different imprint for the human condition, it's it's crazy. Uh, uh, so to have gotten over the last 20 years, especially appreciations for that journey, has really helped me keep going. Manage the insanity. And, that, and like we said so often, here, here's a good coda to our, our merging of opposites of insanehood where both are going on, you know, mm -hmm. insanehood. And that is that um, you're, uh, uh, when you get to that stage, um, oh, God, I just lost it. Wow, damn, it was beautiful. See, I'm... I'm, I'm uh, uh, what is it? Uh, flashing on two things at the same time. Uh -huh. When you start merging opposites, uh, that's when you know you're finally coming to the middle. Uh, and, and because then there's less and less edges to opposite emotions, like, oh, here, there's what it was. This ins managed insanity, the healing of it counterintuitively is fully surrendering to its unsolvability. <laughs> there was no content-based solution to a, a structurally unavoidable insanity. So uh, someone I know very well um, helped me uh, see this. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the unsolvable conflict, at the, we were working on it at the same time in, in similar domains, uh, mm -hmm. the acceptance of the unsolvable conflict. I kept looking for some grace or some something to give me uh, the solution to my managed insanity. But only that was what when I went to Trader Joe's that day, the hot mess I was in was I was struggling with accepting, just keep sinking every day into a deeper version of this is unsolvable. Be with the unsolvability. Yeah. And that's yeah, I was when, just saying earlier to a, a client how um, it's like, that's a this is a very advanced application of a very basic principle which is our protection mechanisms don't think that feeling something does anything yeah because as children feeling our feelings wasn't supported we didn't learn that we could actually digest our yes. emotions in a productive way that would lead somewhere yes 
that's why these unsolvable things, the, the solution is just to find the center of them in a feeling way. And then they do outwork, but the protection yeah. mechanisms for them doesn't think that that's going to do anything. Yeah. And, and, you know, now that you mentioned that, there is one caveat to that. Mm. And you already presaged it with this is an end game, very sophisticated version. Um, it reminds me of Robert Bates' work uh, um, uh, in uh, energy transformation. Um, he's very he's big, big time in Europe. Um, and um, what uh, halfway to that point is you've got a full spiritual pe- uh, spectrum based in transcendence and energy that um, tells you that the final solution is just feeling your feelings and that's enough without making a distinction between feeling your feelings and feeling your core emotions. Yeah. And, and Robert Bates's stuff is great for um, uh, middle-aged souls gets them to the next rung. Uh, but the end game is not about just feeling your feelings. You have to make this critical difference between feelings and emotions. And that's not out there anywhere in spiritual teachings or psychological teachings or philosophical teachings, the difference between them. And also feeling that with feeling those core emotions with another person who can with also another feel person. Yes. It's got to be resonative. You can't do it on your own vertically. It must be horizontalized. Um, like that moment with that with the cashier, yeah. there was a moment that I got reaffirmed because someone joined me. I felt felt, mm-hmm. and that's the whole thing that children need and never get. And as adults, we don't need our mates or our peers to feel what we're feeling as much as we need to feel them feel that we're feeling uh, something. Not necessarily the same, but occasionally, if you can work through that stage. You do start drawing peers. In that moment, we were peered by your seller, uh, mm-hmm. where she felt what I felt. And that becomes more and more uh, also as an adult when you don't need that anymore. Uh, yeah. Just needs your partner or a peer to feel that you're feeling something and be curious about it so you can spill a little bit. And there's the, we talked about this before, but there's the needing love from versus needing love with distinction. Exactly. Oh, nicely put, right. Needing love from is still codependent, uh, no matter what domain relationship that is. But with requires, uh, uh, in the end, a mature form of feeling felt, not a neurotically codependent form of it. So everything we're saying here is uh, pretty esoteric uh, for those of you out there listening if you've been um, conditioned through other, uh, even uh, uh, sophisticated esoteric uh, teachings, we're, we're offering something to the next level, which makes everyone puts identity in some ways um, uh, uh, just beyond our reach, uh, just beyond. But we can strain a little bit to get it because we ha- we're having to unlearn a bunch of things to learn about what identity is uh, is offering. So the reach where where the uh, the uh, reach is not quite sufficient for the grasp. That's the creative. That's the creative. Oh, that little bit of difference, that strain uh, to unlearn something. Oh, yeah, your hand will reach it. Just stick with it a little while longer. Be tumbled down the mountainside or drown in that moving river just a little longer. You'll see. You'll see. You'll see. Oh, yeah. I feel like we haven't. I've, yeah, my experience is that we actually haven't talked about anything today. I don't know why I'm having that experience. <laughs> I but promise. We, go ahead. I go know ahead. we did, but I don't know. Maybe it's uh, maybe there was some 
to hope for some resolution of something that can't be resolved. Um, so it's just weird. It's sort of like, what did we talk about? Because I'm just thinking I took no notes this time. I couldn't. And I'm going to have to write an intro for this. And I don't know what we talked about. So I don't know well, why I'm having that experience to you. Well, do, well, let's just triple check that. Do you have do you have another arising question in the moment? Um, if you don't. No, I don't. I think. I think that's what it is. I think I think. I think it, some part of me just didn't like the answer of there are many more waterfalls ahead and I just oh. have to go down them. Um, oh. And I, I think that's it. I think it was looking for some kind of, oh. how do I stop feeling this uncomfortable? <laughs> kind of, that's part well, of it. Oh, my, my beloved colleague and friend, um, you are through two thirds of them. So okay, that's helpful. Thank you. Because I I, pr- I, I would okay. not blow smoke up your first chakra here. Uh, you are literally two thirds of your way through your uh, cascades. Yeah. So, when you describe the waterfalls, it I got I yeah I got the sense more on the first third, and it was sort of like oh god really because oh no 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 those, those days are uh, past. Yeah. So you'll get it'll it'll eat. It's it's just this close. I'm putting my little iota thumb and forefinger together, mm-hmm. just this close to being far more expandably pleasant than constrictively painful. And is that like subtle shakiness that's there all the time? Does that look to you like that's fear of non-being? Like that's just getting slowly eroded. Sometimes it feels like that. I can't well, put my it's anxiety with no content whatsoever. And then I notice parts of me looking for things to be anxious about that it's not about those things. Okay. So since you asked, yeah. um, uh, I'm there's, okay, then I can reflect, uh, answer beautifully and respectfully uh, and, and lovingly, honorably, that uh, the, the top end of it is uh, non-being uh, smearing mm-hmm. of being. The bottom end of it is... Uh, the uh, learning how to be relational uh, in, in the yeah, human. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It's, it's the, that's the naked part. Mm. That's the naked part, right. Yeah. And we all have that going, especially those of us who've been spiritualified, right? Where there's always a translation to the personal and relationality and uh, learning. In my case, I, I had enough, even though I was always among people, I privately lived in a fortress of solitude. Right. Yeah, I noticed like I've always known I was a sensitive person, but with people now, it's like I've lost five layers of skin and it's like, oh, my yeah. God, this is so intense talking to this person. Of course, that was always there, but there was all sorts of non-relational layers covering that up. Right. Uh, that's why it was so hard for me the other day uh, in that small meeting for me to take in the appreciations. It's so raw. Yeah. Um, and so we're all, we're all uh, especially me, because I had to do the whole thing backwards. Uh, and so uh, I needed all these years of my life to learn how to finally open up personally, relationally. I've got the, the divine thing handled. That's fine. But, the, whoa, that's where my rubber meets the road. So in your case, you're, you're in the middle. Uh, and, and, you, and here's a teaching point for people and the importance of um, underlining the underlying, under highlighting the importance of uh, the three hoods. For me and my soul history and how I'm wired, I'm, and I'm, I'm asserting this, I think it's true. I can't learn how to really relate with people without a lot of sainthood going on because that's just me. Yeah. 
And that's why those are going together. So if I saw a, even a really good therapist who didn't have a spiritual component that didn't, that, that I would trying to be, I would try to be relating to people as an incomplete part of me without that sainthood piece. And that would always leave something on the table. Oh, Joseph, uh, you walked right into my nightmare. <laughs> I, this is why no therapist could ever really help me because I absolutely require that they have some minimal access to both sage and saint for me to do personhood work. Because mm -hmm. what they will, if they don't have that sensibility, they're going to default to local behavioral, mental frameworking, change your uh, thoughts, change yourself type stuff. I've only had one therapist that was not uh, part of our own, my own, the paradigm of identity. Uh, helped me. And that was only for about nine months and a very difficult time. He was a Gestalt therapist. And he, all he had to do, he didn't have a structural consciousness access, but he had an intuitive access. He didn't know God. At the end of the nine months, he was starting to ask me questions. <laughs> and that's how I knew it was over and done um, uh, about the structure of divinity, uh, which he has a lot of curiosity about. But uh, he helped me in a really tough time. Uh, stay above water in a personhood way. So I had to go home hungry. So what I'm saying is you were wired up soulfully already with divine being from past lives in this present life. And all you had to do is re-up it, uh, recapitulate it at each step uh, in your growth arc. So, yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's so funny. I we This is sort of a common understanding between um, Stace and I, but it's worth speaking about because this is really a sainthood episode uh even though i have past life enlightenments i did put in over about five years uh five or six hundred hours of meditation mm -hmm. but i have no sainthood practice this life whatsoever i haven't yeah, had to do don't, any don't need it it's no. all coming whether i like it or not yeah that's why i i can say it from the other side too to confirm that to joseph and i one of the bonds that we share is that we share that very strong bandwidth that we come from spirit first and without that we can't be helped in our personal ways uh, and that's just the way we're wired up uh, both of us have experiences in past lives um, and uh but yeah uh, but you started out that way i discovered yeah. later on that i was that way with yes. your help and i want yeah. to say that because for people listening yeah. uh, if you haven't begun ebe yet or are curious about that EBE will reveal to you these soul gifts that are likely there already as if you're yes. uh, you know anything more than a middle-aged soul and if yeah. you are listening to this podcast and got an hour and a half in even if this mm -hmm. is your first one you're probably an older soul if you hung with us this long <laughs> yes and those gifts yeah. are in you whether you realize or not and you will find them or they will find you yeah and thanks for bringing that last point because that's been my unsolvable insanity is that I was conscious of what yeah. I was starting out. Yeah. And then I had to figure out how to, how to chill you. Like, I know I it's like you're I'm, I'm inside uh, a block of marble and I'm chiseling my way out of the marble uh, of, of divinity into a person that knows how to represent and embody the divinity. So I was this marble block, but I was carving from the inside out, not the outside in. And uh, that's why I, I had so many years of claustrophobia. Uh, 
then, yeah, yeah. So when you said that, I had a thought of my first thought was, I don't think I would, would have been able to bear that. And then the next thought was, I think I may be doing that in my next life. Oh God, that's a nauseating idea. Shit. Oh, I'm really unhappy to inform you, pal. Uh, you are unfortunately correct. Oh um, God, because that's that, that would be that's the next the evolution. challenge. Yeah. That's the oh, evolution. Oh God, that's awful. I don't what, like that at all. And what that means, I got. I've got to highlight this. Go ahead. And honor. It's honoring you. Whenever you get to this lifetime where you had you did it the way that you did it and succeeded. Mm -hmm. The next evolutionary step, which is why there's no bodhisattva end to things. Yeah, we it's keep just the next challenge. It's the next challenge is being uh, in, in incepting this paradigm in in your own on your own planet uh, in this world. And and the corollary that you've been talking about, like I I I got help having that the bardic madness elicited. Yes, mm -hmm. and then handled. But right. to go to be alone with that madness yeah. for a period yeah. of time, that's a yeah. whole different ball I, of wax. Especially in the first three or four decades of life yeah. alone. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of moments in 40 years uh, of insanity. Uh, but, that's, but that's what you will be able to do much easier. Um, I, I didn't have a role model ahead of me. Yeah. I can assert I can assert that humbly uh, in past lives either. Um, so it's just been deepening and deepening the spirit access to the personal that my whole arc of lifetimes have been about. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, um, I, I hate to confirm it for you, but <laughs> that's exactly. I have the rest of my life to digest this possible truth because it doesn't. Don't worry yeah. about it. I hope, I'm be, sure I'll forget about it in a few days, hopefully. <laughs> Well, you, but you, uh, there was never an identity for other, either of us in past lives. So right. this will be easier for you if, should that actually occur in the next lifetime, it'll be much easier for you than it was for me because yeah, you had, sure. you have a, a, had a healing modality that has not been invented until now. Yeah. So right. uh, you, you'll have that internalized. Yeah. But to what degree will I have to reinvent the wheel would be the question, at least somewhat. Uh, so seventy percent, sixteen, sixteen, seventy. I was getting a good <laughs> yeah, chunk of it. Yeah, and you might have different terminology, but it'll be the same framework. It'll be a different mm -hmm. world, probably. Uh, um, I'm not sure this one uh, how how far it should it should get through this hard time we're in now of toxic over yangification and will first uh, should make it yeah. through. Um, but uh, congratulations on uh, your self-effacing uh, acknowledgement to yourself. <laughs> you were both humble and uh, self-proactive in that moment. It was lovely. Yeah. It really looks good on you. Well, Bob. that and that's what's uh, part of the effect of this um, horizontal eternal nowification thing. It's just like, oh, look, I see where that's going now. That's yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, but it's I no also longer, am going to have to figure out what yeah. to eat for lunch at the same time in the next <laughs> 10 minutes. I don't, and that's really hard these days. <laughs> I know. Let it find you. You know, that's yeah. I, 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 all I did with, at some point. So it was just be gravity, you know, just be gravity and what, what's drawing to me, not what I yeah, choose, yeah. but what tells me yeah. what to eat. Right? That's, yeah, that's what I did yesterday. I just sat in the kitchen and was like, all right, it's going to come to me eventually. <laughs> Bree, Bree, when we first met, Bree was constantly excoriating me 
for standing in front of the refrigerator door open and looking at the at the at the stuff Letting in the refrigerator. It all in, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, what, what do you want? What do I want to eat? I don't know. Tell me. Come on. Start talking to me. Uh, organic, non uh, uh, antibiotic uh, turkey, or yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, tell me I should eat you. You know. So yeah, uh, yeah I know that feeling too. <laughs> Okay. okay, well, so then next time we'll get to um, the responsibility for the contents of the unconscious. And uh, uh, I hope you're all okay with that. We did not deliver on our promise last time, but that's sometimes where spirit takes us. And um, Absolutely. Uh, but for Stace and I, you're not going to have to wait. We're not going to have to wait very long because we're going to record that tomorrow. But yes. y'all are going to have to wait for another week before you hear that. So sorry. <laughs> Isn't that weird? That's so weird. Yeah. For yeah. us, it'll happen in a day. And for right. everyone else, it's going to happen an entire week. So which is which timeline is real? That's well, weird. There, there is a podcast that came to me the other night uh, where you, we could make an argument that uh, time is God. Uh -huh. It's a really interesting exploration. And you could say love is gravity mm -hmm. so we, we could have that's a little more palpable but yeah. the time the god time thing that we unfold in time oh yeah is, we're unfolding within god so there's some intrinsic link between time and goddess time is not an illusion there's a there is an entrop entropy here creates time we can see state yeah. Decay, well, it's right? both it's both absolute and relative at the same time. That's and that's why people can't figure it out. Time yeah. is absolute and relative. It, your mindset can change your perception of it, but the structural time is not unreal. Mm -hmm. It's based our, and the proof of it is entropy. Uh, create and we, well, you can get creative with entropy. That's what identity does. It says to subtract, uh, not add your way to um, ensoulment, right? You're subtracting wound bases uh, and not adding anything. So it's it's a creative entropy, uh, a forced entropy that identity is based on. And that's very godly, very time. Creative entropy, I love that phrase. All right, yeah. gonna, as I eat my lunch, I'm going to chew on that God is time. That's an interesting one. It, it yeah. seems to make the horizontal eternal now uh, longer. So Or... or um, a pancaked to infinity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like the two-dimensional black hole theory that it's infinite yeah. surface area and no volume. Yeah. Well, well, that's why I would also want to do one on on what's out going out there now that we live in a simulation, an alien. Oh, I just read an article about that yesterday. <laughs> oh, I love that topic because they're they're right and wrong equally. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It just takes a deeper picture to see how wrong they are. It's not another computer program, but it is a downline version of divinity. Right. So yeah, uh, mm -hmm. it's not aliens creating a a a, a, um, a computer program that we're living in. It's not yeah. even quantum computer generated. So yeah, yeah. but it's in it's in in intuition outside of the scientific paradigm, outside of secular humanism. Exactly. There's something yeah. going on. There's something going on. And so I love when people start talking about, do we live in a simulation? No, but it's you're, you're heading in the right direction. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Juicy topics these days. Yeah. Well, thank you, okay. Stace. Thank you, mm -hmm. listeners. And the uh, offer I made last time to uh, that soul read thing I talked about, that's still alive. A couple of people have taken me up on that. So if you're interested, you can email me at joseph, J-O-S-E-F, at clearandopen.com. 
uh, yes, my website. Uh, I've had some interesting things come. Um, it seems to have to do with helping people identify splits in their soul and mm-hmm. um, different things arise to, to close those things. Um, yeah, in a way that has not been spiritually bypassing so far. So it's, it's been interesting. Well, that, and that's the one, that's the line to stay on the green side of. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the person, if, if it's actually soul happening, then that can't happen because soul can't exclude anything. No, uh, it, 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 that's exactly the only guarantee you've yeah. got. Okay. Thank you, Stace. Thank you, listeners. You're welcome. Until next time. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Heart of Soul podcast. To learn more about Stace Barron and Identity, please visit identity.org. To learn more about Joseph Shapiro, visit clearandopen.com. Until next time, we wish you well on your journey.